Hour number three. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. The bottom of the hour, your chance to win two VIP tickets to Cowboys Music Festival goes down Sunday, July 16th. Ice Cube, Steve Aoki, 24K Golden. Uh, we've been asking you on the 960-960 text line. This is so stupid. Uh, what's the assumed name Pat Steinberg checked into the hotel under? Because he's got to protect his identity. He doesn't want the paps yeah. coming around, taking all his picks. He's famous. Oh, yeah. Pat Steinberg. Yeah. yeah. He's Pat Mother Bleepin Steinberg. Yeah, put you some damn respect on that name, sir. That's right. Maybe we'll give him, maybe we'll give him a call at 830. We should. A cold call. Please. Please. Can we block the number two GVP so he doesn't know where it's from? Well, I think the thing is if he recognizes it, he might actually pick it up. Oh, okay. Well, we'll try both then. We'll try the station number, and then if he doesn't, we'll do a block number. Sure. Now, there you go. Bingo. Done. Bingo. Um, the NHL draft goes down tomorrow night from beautiful Nashville uh, to talk about that. Uh, Derek Newmeyer, uh, assistant director of scouting for McKean's Hockey, joins us here on the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline. Derek, good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're good. I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, do you like the fact that we've known that Connor Bedard was going to be number one essentially for a couple of years now? Or did you like the uncertainty that we saw maybe last season with the number one pick? Um, it is a little more exciting when there's a debate, but you also have to be honest with your work. I mean, at the start of the year, there were maybe the faintest of questions about whether anyone could unseat Bedard. And as a scout, you have to be honest that that was a possibility. You have to at least explore it. You couldn't just come into the year and say Bedard is the guy and then close the book on it. So you looked at Fantilli, you looked at Michkov, and you looked at Bedard to wonder if, you know, like he's not the biggest of players. His skating needed to take a step forward this season to, you know, create the space that he'll need to use that elite shot in the NHL. But, very, very early on, there was no question anymore. I mean, Bedard, he improved the skating. He got a lot more mobile, elusive, uh, fast in a straight line. And then the results just kept pouring in. I mean, the World Juniors, what he did with Regina in the playoffs. I mean, it, it, there's no, there was no, no race this year, unfortunately. It might have been more exciting if there was. But it's also exciting to get to watch a generational talent uh, come through your region and to, you know, soak all that Mm-hmm. that up. Derek, where, where does he rank in the last 20 years? Uh, Crosby, McDavid, and Bedard are the three biggest names in the draft here in the last uh, two-plus decades. Is, is he third on that list, like, coming into the NHL? Like, where does he rank? Is he ahead of Crosby? Is he ahead of McDavid? I, I just feel like he's not. He'd be third on that list. Is, is that kind of the way you feel? In, I would say he's in contention for third. So I think McDavid and Crosby are one and two, depending on which order you want. I would personally put Crosby at one, McDavid two, but I could certainly understand the argument otherwise. Uh, and then beyond them, I'd say it's pretty close between Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, mm. and then Connor Bedard. So Bedard, I mean, what he's accomplished at the junior level and internationally is kind of unprecedented. I mean, I've never seen a prospect who can shoot a puck like Bedard can. It's just an otherworldly talent. Um, you know, what he's going to be in the NHL, it's still a little bit up in the air for reasons that I was saying before. I mean, like I said, he's not the biggest of guys. He's not a blazing skater. He's going to have to tweak his game a little bit more to succeed. 
So is he going to be better in the NHL than a McDavid or sorry, than a, than a McKinnon or a Matthews? Maybe, maybe not. I could see it going both ways. So it's a little hard to say exactly where he's going to go, but I don't want to take anything away from Bedard. He's a phenomenal talent. Um, the brighter the spotlight shown on him this season, the higher the pressure got, the higher the expectations, the higher he elevated his game. You know, you just couldn't stop him. You couldn't break him down. And that's a pretty remarkable thing to say in a 17-year-old prospect. What do you think is going to be the, the ceiling for his first year in the NHL? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him crack 30 goals. Uh, it's going to be a little tricky for him because Chicago's not going to have a lot of support around him. I mean, they made that trade yesterday to add Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno. I mean, so maybe, you know, they can pad a little bit of veteran support around him. So it's it's going to be hard to say. Um, I mean, you get someone like Steven Stamkos, you know, phenomenal NHLer, you know, two-time Stanley Cup champion, but he didn't have the greatest rookie season because he didn't have much support in Tampa at that time. So for Bedard, I would say maybe 30 goals, 30 assists would be the ceiling. And then in the years coming, that's when you start seeing the, the really big numbers showing up. You like that addition of Taylor Hall to play on his wing? I mean, you got to have someone there. Uh, I don't mm. know if I necessarily love it for Taylor Hall. <laughs> um, he, you know, he's, he's a player on the you know tail end of his career now. He's over that middle point. Um, hasn't won a Stanley Cup yet. And it's going to be hard to say how long it'll take Chicago to get there. But, I mean, for what Chicago's doing, I think it makes sense. I mean, you need some insulation around Bedard. And, you know, maybe Taylor Hall's a great mentor. You know, he's a former first overall pick. You know, played through a rebuild in Edmonton. You know, things didn't quite work out there. But I imagine Taylor Hall has a lot of unique experience and knowledge that can be passed down to Bedard. So, if, for what Chicago's doing, for trying to secure Bedard's future, I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, they've got another pick at 19 as well. Is there anybody you're thinking that might be a good match for Connor Bedard there? Yeah, I mean, it would make sense to have someone with a little more size, a little more strength to kind of give them a bit of a different look. I mean, if you've got Bedard as your center, you want someone on the wing who can complement him really well. Now, who that could be is, is a little challenging. I mean, guys like Ryan Leonard or Matthew Wood or Colby Barlow would be great fits as wingers for him, but those guys are all probably going to be gone a little bit higher. Uh, maybe someone like Samuel Honzik. Uh, he played for the Vancouver Giants this year. He's not necessarily a physical player, but he's huge, about six foot three, six foot four. This Slovakian winger, uh, really, really good puck skill, uh, a lot of good offensive sense. He's kind of just blossoming now into the player that we we didn't really know he could be, but he took big strides this year. So I could see him being a really good complementary piece with Bedard, and he's the player that could still be on the board around that time uh, Chicago makes their next pick. wanted to ask you about uh, goaltenders, because I think we can get into some other players later on here and get into some specifics, maybe closer to the Flames at 16th overall. But is there going to be a goalie called on day one of the draft? It's possible. Um, it's hard to guarantee because teams are always inconsistent with goaltending and where they draft them. I mean, a couple of years ago, we saw Sebastian Costa and Jesper Walstead both go in the first round. So I don't want to say it's not possible at all. But there's one name to keep an eye on closely here. His name is Michael Harabel. He is a Czech goalie who actually played in the USHL this year. And this kid is massive, about six foot seven, just an enormous wingspan. But he's also an actually good goalie. He's not just some big kid who they, you know, throw the pads on. He actually understands the position well. He understands how to utilize his size, how to conserve his energy. 
but he's also pretty athletic. I mean, there's still a lot that needs to be worked on with his game, with his technique and his positioning. You know, he can be, get beat five hole a little too often or beat under the arms. But he's a really, really interesting prospect who could be a very good goaltender in the NHL one day. He reminds me a lot of someone like Ben Bishop, who was, a, you know, a really solid NHL goalie when he was able to stay healthy. And I think once you get to a certain point in the draft and you look at just the pure long-term potential, long-term impact, you know, if you're picking in the 20s and you've got a guy sitting there in Harabal who could realistically be a number one goalie for your franchise, that's got to be pretty tempting. Derek Newmeyer, Assistant Director of Scouting at McKean's Hockey, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Outside of Connor Bedard, uh, maybe in the top five, who's the guy that maybe you'd have a couple question marks and be nervous about if your team was drafting? I know this is a very prospect-heavy draft, and, it, and we've been talking about this draft for years, but who's the guy in the top five that maybe you have a little bit of concern about if your team drafted him? I mean, Mazze Mishkov is, is one of those players. I mean, there's been so much chatter about him already. You know, the Russian factor, his contract situation for the next three years in Russia, um, the fact that he's not the biggest or most mobile of players, um, you know, there's been a lot of chatter about him and, and what he could be like. But I'd also like to mention Will Smith as an interesting option, uh, not the actor, the, the hockey player. Uh, he played on the U.S. national team development program this year, was their first-line center, had a phenomenal season. I mean, internationally, playing against college opponents, playing against USHL opponents. He just put up a ton of points on that big super line they had with Ryan Leonard and uh, Gabe Perot. There's been talk about him as a, as a top-five pick, and I think he should be a top-five pick. But there is a little bit of concern about his pacing, you know, his athleticism. I mean, his vision is sublime. His puck skills are immaculate. Like, he just the, the play just flows through him really, really well. But he plays at a bit of a slower pace. He likes to slow the game down. It's hard to say if he's going to be able to add the explosiveness to his skating to speed it up to match for an NHL level. So with him, I would say there's also a little bit of risk, but you can't, you know, focus too much on that risk when there's so much skill on display as well. I've been kind of canvassing our uh, draft insiders on the top three defensemen in the draft, David Reinbacher, Axel Sandin, Pelica, and then Tom Willander. Uh, looked at as the top three by many. There's other guys that are certainly in that group as well, and I'd be interested if you'd throw anybody else in there. But are any of them going to be available for the Flames at number 16? Well, to the first part of that question, we actually at McKean's have a different defenseman as our top defenseman. His name is Dmitry Simashev, and he's a defenseman out of Russia. And he's a bit of a wild card this year. I mean, if his name was, let's say, Dan Smith, and he played for an American <laughs> team or a Canadian team, I think there'd be a pretty much consensus that he's a top 10 player in this draft. He's a six foot four defenseman who is an incredible skater, uh, one of the best skaters in this entire draft class, regardless of position which is pretty rare to see for someone who's six foot four. Uh, he played in the KHL a bit this year as a 17-year-old and did not look out of place defending against professionals in that league. He's really, really interesting. He's got a ton of upside. Um, the offensive numbers aren't there yet, but he has a lot of offensive tools, so the points should come. So I would say you would want to add him in is probably the group of four top defensemen between him, Ryan Bacher, uh, Sandin Palika, and Willander. But, yeah, I mean, it makes all those defensemen make a lot of sense for the Flames. Uh, they need to add defense into their prospect pool. 
preferably someone who can shoot right. You know, it is just a specific kind of weakness they have. And it's hard to say if there's going to be any of those guys actually available by the time the Flames pick. It's really going to depend on how highly teams prioritize defense. I mean, I don't know if all of them are necessarily the 16 best or part of the 16 best players in this draft class, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see teams reach for them just because defensemen are so valuable in the NHL and there aren't a lot of high-end ones in this class. Um, Derek, just for our listeners, where do you rate the Flames prospect pool as a whole? It's pretty good overall. I mean, I think they've gotten a lot of value out of the picks they have. I mean, Dustin Wolf is, is an obvious example. You know, getting him in the seventh round, a potential number one goalie in the NHL, that's going to make your whole pool look a lot better. It's hard to beat that kind of value. But I mean, Jacob Pelche was a great pick. He's looking really, really solid for where they grabbed him. Same with Matt Coronado. Uh, Connor Zary's coming along nicely. He's not quite there yet. Maybe you could make the argument in hindsight that there might have been some better players to pick ahead of him. But overall, I think they've done a good job uh, with what they've had. Um, maybe not the best pool in the NHL, but I would say closer to the top 15 than you know the back 15 or the back 17. There's a lot of players that I think are interesting to Flames fans in particular. One name that we've heard on the text line, I want to say going back to like mid-season, is Nate Danielson, who plays in the WHL. Thoughts on uh, this forward and if he's going to be available at 16? Yeah, I actually like Nate Danielson a lot. Um, I watched him a lot over the last couple of years. I talked to him after a game once. Um, I just think there's a lot of um, there's a lot to like about his game, and I think he's flown under the radar a bit this season. He hasn't been able to play internationally, which has kind of hurt people's ability to get views on him. And playing on a bad Brandon team hasn't really helped him out. But he's just, he's just a very well-rounded uh, player. He's got top six center potential. He's a fantastic skater. Uh, sometimes it looks like he's not even trying very hard, just the way he moves around the ice so effortlessly. But he's got great speed. He can gain the offensive zone really, really well. He's a great puck transporter. He's also a very good defensive player, very smart. He can bring a physical element at times. He's a decent playmaker, decent shooter. He might not be a guy who ever puts up crazy point totals. Maybe he tops out at like a 60-point or a 70-point player in the NHL. But I really like what he can bring to a team. I mean, when you look at what works in the playoffs and you know a long seven-game series or a long playoff run, you need guys who can play up and down the lineup. You need guys who can handle tough matchups who can, you know, go out shift over shift and don't need to be sheltered. And I think Danielson is one of those types of players. If he's there at 16, I think he'd be a very, very solid pick and arguably the best player available. Wanted to ask you as well about uh, Colby Barlow, someone who heard a lot about, uh, been all over the place as far as draft boards. Can you tell us a little bit about Colby Barlow? Yeah, Barlow's a really, really good prospect. His game is a little niche, which I think might, result in some of the varying opinions you see about him uh he's he's a winger who's very north south in the skating very shoot first so his game in a sense is is a little bit limited but what i really like about barlow is he's such a good specialist at what he does i mean he's just so much power he's got so much power with his skating he's a great four checker he's a great shooter i mean he scored a ton this year in the ohl and it seems like it's going to be able to translate to higher levels of the game you know, he's not going to be a true power play specialist. He's not going to be a playmaking winger or anything like that. 
But for what he brings, I really, really like it. Um, you look at someone like, say, Chris Kreider with the New York Rangers. Mm. His game is, is built in a similar way. He's a little bit niche, but, I mean, he's a guy who plays in their first line. He's a guy who scored 50 goals. You know, he, he makes an impact with what he does. So at some point, you're okay to sacrifice a little bit of well-roundedness in a player's game if they're truly elite at the style that they play. And with Barlow, I see him as a guy who could be a first-line winger, play in your top penalty-killing units, uh, handle tough matchups, uh, you know, just a fantastic four-checker, maybe even wear a letter on his sweater at some point in the future. So there are things to like about his game. How about Quinton Musty? Ooh, Musty is a big wild card for this draft class. I mean, former first overall pick in the OHL, so there's pedigree there. Mm -hmm. it's, it's rare to find a player with his size and strength who has such smooth hands, such sublime playmaking. Like, when you get the puck on his stick in the offensive zone and you give him a little bit too much space, he's just so dangerous and, and in a way that a lot of other players can only dream of. Now, the tricks with Musty is, are that his, his skating's not great, um, his pacing can be very inconsistent. Sometimes his decision-making can be very frustrating. So there are a lot of parts of his game right now that are very, very good, and then some other parts of his game that are very, very raw. So he can be up and down on a lot of the public lists that I've seen because it's hard to project exactly how much he's going to fix those problems with his game and how much progress he's going to make. But, I mean, if, if he's able to fix those problems, if everything is able to kind of come together for him, he definitely has a lot of upside as a, as a first-line winger. Do you see Dalibor Dvorsky going in the top 10? Oh, yeah, I think so. He, he had a really, really strong U18 tournament, and teams always love centers for obvious reason. You know, there's, there's just so much more value in a center to a winger. And outside of your Bedard, your Fantilli, your Carlson, uh, it starts to thin out a little bit um, around 10 when it comes to centers. So I think Dvorsky will be a very attractive option for a lot of teams. I wouldn't even be surprised if the team goes high as five or six. Um, the only thing that's really missing from his game right now is, is speed and quickness. But his skating technique is actually pretty good. I mean, the mechanics are pretty sound. Uh, so maybe he just needs a little bit more strength and conditioning off the ice, maybe some changes to his diet nutrition. So he's a guy that, He's very well-rounded right now. There's a lot to like about his game as a puck-protecting center with a good defensive game, good playmaking, good shot. But it's also easy to see him getting better in the areas that he needs to get better. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him not just in the top ten, but maybe even closer to five, six, or seven. Uh, Derek, almost uh, a year uh, anniversary of last year's draft. I want to ask you, um, who's going to have a better career starting today uh slavkovsky or shane wright mm. <laughs> that's a good question it, and it's hard to say because we missed so much of slavkovsky's season this year because he got hurt um it's a little hard to say what he's going to be like once he comes back but i mean wright had a good year too he, he didn't get the stick in the nhl which was probably a disappointment but he got to win a world junior gold he got to go pretty far in the playoffs with coachella valley so right now, it's probably a lean right, but it's mm. just a little bit unfair because I don't think we got to see the best of Slavkovsky, Slavkovsky this year because he was he got hurt right when he was really starting to you know come into his game in the NHL. Do you think there's still a ton of upside on Slavkovsky? I think so. Yeah, I mean it's it's all based on tools. 
you know, he does he hasn't put up the crazy numbers yet, um, which a lot of people always look at. But he's just an incredible athlete. I think his, he thinks the game really, really well. Uh, he's just so fast and powerful. He just creates so much space for himself and his teammates. Um, even when Montreal picked him, you kind of knew it was going to be more of a long-term project. You don't expect him to be a guy who lights the league on fire in his first year or even his second year. He's the type of player that you build and develop and teach in the hopes that in five to ten years, all those tools kind of settle in and the overall package is, is elite. And I still think he can be that type of player. I just hope he stays healthy so that we can actually watch him reach that level. Well, McKinnon was kind of that guy, right? Because a lot of people thought maybe he's a bust, and then all of a sudden he just exploded to be Nathan McKinnon now. I mean, similar story, yeah. Uh, McKinnon was a great junior player, and it took him a while to kind of figure things out in the NHL. But you always have to be patient with McKinnon because the tools that he has were obvious. I mean, he was always that explosive, powerful skater, you know, he always was able to handle the puck really, really well at high speeds. He always had that competitive fire to him. And Colorado didn't always have the best team around him for a few years. It took him a while to kind of grow through their rebuild and, you know, learn how to work with the players around him. But the, the patience obviously paid off for Colorado. I mean, they won the Stanley Cup with him. He was phenomenal for them in the playoffs. So development's not an exact science. No two players' developments are ever the same. But when you've got a player with a lot of tools, you need to be patient with that player in the hopes that they'll eventually figure out you know, how to be that dominant kind of NHLer. Derek, what are the chances that Simon Nemich, the second overall pick to the Devils, ends up the best player in that draft? It's certainly possible. I mean, with Wright, there are concerns about his skating. Um, with Lefkowski, you got the injury history and you know the hope that he can put all his tools to good use. With Nemich, he's just so safe. I mean, he's such a complete defenseman. He can do everything. There are no real weaknesses to his game. And, you know, he might not be the most exciting of players. I don't know if he's ever going to win a Norris or, you know, show up in a lot of all-star ballots or anything like that. But he's an easy guy to foresee being a part of a championship-winning team. You know, you look at a team that wins the Cup, and there he is playing 23 minutes a night, playing on the top pair, playing on both sides of special teams. It's, it's not an exciting game that he plays, but it's highly, highly effective. And it's easy to see that being you know, a better career than someone like Ryder Slavkovsky who might put up more points or you know, show up in an all-star game at some point if, if they don't actually have what it takes to win a cup. Derek Newmeyer as an assistant director of scouting at McKean's Hockey. Uh, Derek, terrific, insightful stuff. Enjoy the draft, and thanks for this. Hey, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. There he is on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. Is Shane Wright ever going to be an NHL All-Star, Matty Rose? Um, I think he could probably be an All-Star. Um, I know that there were some people who were not so impressed with the year that he had. You know, getting sent back to the O, that was tough. And I know, obviously, you know, a lot of people would have preferred him to go play in the AHL instead. But those are the rules. Those Mm -hmm. are the rules that keep the CJHL afloat. And you got to respect the CJHL as the league's top producer for prospects. Um, Yeah, I could see it. 
when he got sent back to the OHL, he wasn't very good. Then he went in the playoffs, and you know, I didn't really hear about him too much. He was fine for Coachella Valley. They got all the way to the final, but I don't know if that was necessarily on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him being an all-star, but I don't know if that's a very high bar to set. Uh, like he's for- a fourth overall pick who was expected to go first overall. Like he better end up an all-star at some point, right? Right. What's more likely, um, Shane Wright to be an all-star or Slavkovsky to be a total bust? I would say more likely is right to be an all-star. Okay. Um, But it could go the opposite direction on both those guys. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I totally agree with Derek. That last season is a tough one. Slavkovsky got hurt, banged up his shoulder or whatever. That just submarined his ear. And then you had Wright, who was playing on 100 different teams, moved around, traded in the OHL, the whole nine yards. I don't know. It's hard to judge either of these guys just a, a year into their progression. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm excited to kind of get into the second year of this draft and see how many guys stick around in the NHL. See if Logan Cooley ends up signing in Arizona. Probably not, but that's something that intrigues me. Like I mentioned, Simon Nemich, I wonder what his role is going to be in that Devils organization. You're a check in Columbus. Marco Casper in Detroit. Like that. This could end up being a really good draft down the road, but first we got to see some of these guys play in the show. Um, straight ahead, we have a pair of tickets to give away um, to the Cowboys VIP Music Festival. VIP tickets to Cowboys Music Festival, which goes down Sunday, July sixteenth. Ice Cube, Steve Aoki, a twenty-four K Golden will be there. Um, we're asking you at nine sixty-nine sixty. This is one of the dumbest ones we've ever done. Um, Pat Steinberg's in Nashville. Uh, I think he sent a, a tweet that maybe was a little alcohol fueled. Maybe I don't want to speculate too oh, much. Oh, he he's also started to reply to that tweet this morning. So he's uh, so he's up. He's he's so, moving. So maybe we'll cold call Pat Steinberg after the break. Put him in delay in case he says something to us. And uh, we want to hear your assumed names uh, where Pat Steinberg checked into the hotel he's at under nine sixty nine sixty name and location. Uh, the most. The cleverest one will win the tickets, I think. That's what we'll do. And I also want to play, before we call Pat Steinberg, I want to play Prediction Time with you mm. straight ahead. Okay, we'll sure. We'll do that next. Love it's it. the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio. We have a pair of VIP tickets to Cowboys Music Festival on Sunday, July 16th. See Ice Cube, Steve Aoki, and 24K Golden. Pat Steinberg's in Nashville. He's in a hotel. We're asking you, what assumed name, if he did it, did Pat Steinberg check in under? 960, 960, name and location. If you make us chuckle... If you put a smile on our face, chances are you win the tickets. Chances are high. Uh, we're we're going to try to call Pat Steinberg soon. But first, what is this? What song is this? Who is this? I'm going to guess it's I Love This Bar. I have no Toby idea. Keith. But I'm gonna, yeah, Toby Keith, I yeah, Love This Bar. Yeah, nailed it. Steinberg out in the bars last night? I thought it yeah, kind of made sense. Tootsies okay. and stuff. Yeah. Is that Jason Aldean's place? I have no idea. I just know it's... That's, That's the, where the cup yeah, was. That's the hot a time. spot. The cup was at Jason Aldean. Let me tell you. Yeah. Mm. 
I totally get uh, where Ailish is coming from because when you're out on those bars, you have to yell at your friends so they can hear you, and then you lose your voice. And then also, uh, after you've had a couple, you're also singing along to the songs. And like 3 a.m. rolls along, and uh, yeah, stuff happens. Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. No, it's true. <laughs> um, but the closing closing time in Buffalo is 4 a.m. Let me tell you about Whew, that, too. Gross. That's bad news. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah. Don't like Until that. like 4.30, quarter to 5 in the morning. Yeah. And it's, that's getting after and it. It's just the same as uh, Nashville, I bet. Nashville? <laughs> yeah. Like, if you go Chippewa Street in Buffalo oh, yeah. compared to Broadway in Nashville, it's pretty much the same, same thing. Same deal. Oh, yeah. Same deal. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no Absolutely. Problem. The same thing. Um, I want to ask both of you this question, Patrick, you as well, mm. um, as we'll hear from Texty McTexterson. Yeah, you will. Within the next 24 hours, mm. Maddie, oh, we'll start good. with you. Is Tyler Toffoli and Noah Hannafin still a member of the Calgary Flames? One of them will be. I don't know who. Ooh, but you're saying we're going to have a trade. Yeah, like I, like I hope so. Okay. Like I hope so. Noah Hanfin doesn't want to sign an extension. I would say trade him. I wouldn't go as far as Brent Cron say, you know, pack your bags to see or whatever he said that one time. <laughs> but listen, the guy said he's not resigning. He got an opportunity to maybe get another pick in the first round. Who doesn't want a defenseman who's mobile, moves the puck, helps you out on both specialty teams? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that you need to have at least one deal in. Okay. Patrick? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, they got to have at least one of those guys gone uh, on the on draft day, be it before the draft, on the floor, during the draft. So something's got to move here. You, you, I, the Flames, I know they're trying to be nice here and they don't want to get burned because of what happened last year, but it's time that the Flames need to belly up and need to be the, uh, I don't want to say bully in this situation, but they need to be the guy that says, you need to make a decision, Elias. We need this now. And because that's going to be a lot of money, and I, the contract, a lot of guys, you know, that's going to be a lot of money. That's three players going to be paying a ton of money to going forward for a player that's on the downside of thirty now, who's going to be there. I, you got to get a decision from these. It's time to quit, you know, pussyfooting around these guys. You need a decision from them, and I know you don't want to burn bridges and all that, but it just, it's, it's too much for this team right now. You cannot just keep going to the zero hour, zero hour waiting. They need a decision now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. Like, that that would be super interesting and intriguing if we do see a trade here. But doesn't it kind of feel like that maybe these deadlines that we think make a ton of sense not necessarily are the same deadlines that Craig and the management team has? Yeah. Like, what's the rush? Like, these guys are under contract. You know, you could... You obviously could hold on to all of them until the trade deadline if you really wanted to, but then that's also a dangerous game, especially if you're in a playoff spot and the team is playing exceptionally well. But are these deadlines maybe something that aren't on the radar of the Flames well, and they're just waiting for the right deal? If it's if it's today, if it's tomorrow, great. But if it's in October, fine. Well, the thing is people start to build their teams, right? It's that much harder to try and fit in a cap hit when it comes to October after you've gone through free agency and already tried to fill your holes, especially if you're a team that's looking to compete. And 
The one thing that we've heard from the insiders, uh, they mentioned on 32 Thoughts yesterday, is that the trade market is expected to be way more active because the group of UFAs this year is not that good. There's a handful of guys, four or five maybe, that are notable, a couple of kind of legacy veterans that are going to be chasing cups, that type of thing. But for the most part, the elite players that you want are available via trade. So I think that's part of it. The one reason that I, I wonder if there is going to be some holdup and some reasons why Flames fans might not be stoked when the draft comes and goes and maybe they don't get another pick in the first round or, or early in the second is that I also think Craig Conroy has to sit a pretty firm stance. You know, talk to Jason Bukla in the mock draft and he talked about it. Like other GMs are going to be trying to test Craig Conroy. They're going to be trying to pull a deal, pull the wool over his eyes. They're going to be trying to get a lopsided deal out of a first-time general manager. And frankly, rather than taking one of those deals and kind of setting that bar for your first deal that you've ever made, to an extent, for the long-term kind of reputation of Craig Conroy as a general manager, there's almost a point of, I don't want to move these guys for value less than I believe because then everybody thinks they can just come in and lowball me for my stars and that's how the table's going to be set for me going forward. I think he has an obligation, A, to try and deal everything with these players and, and make the team better either now or down the road, but he also has to make sure that his reputation stays intact because all of a sudden if he gets known as the guy who's just a pushover, which I don't think he will be, but if that's what happens, then all of a sudden couple years down the road you get a couple more bad deals and all of a sudden you're out as the GM and, and that was a, a, a tough way to go down that road. So I think that it's really important for Craig Conroy to make sure and you know he's got Dave Nonis and he's got Maloney, he's got those guys around him to help with these kind of decisions but you need to make sure that on one hand you're moving deal guys that need to get moved but you're also just not moving them for the sake of moving them. I think that's also important. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting um, 48 hours um, here or so for the Calgary Flames because obviously uh, the first round of the draft uh, goes down tomorrow night. And obviously uh, it could happen Thursday, it could happen over the weekend. Uh, we don't really know, but it feels like um, a lot needs to happen here for the Calgary Flames in the future of guys like Noah Hannafin, Tyler Toffoli. And of course, uh, we don't know what the Elias Lindholm situation is. Uh, they're putting a ton of money on the table. They're waiting for him, and apparently uh, they're patient enough to wait to see what he has to say about the direction of the organization. So it's going to be a lot of fun here within the next 48 hours to a week here uh, with the Calgary Flames. All right. Um, are we, are we going to try it? Let's we do give it. A call? Can we please? Yeah, I'll give him a call right now. We're waiting all morning. Yeah, no, this. but no, I, I, like, I want to hear it ringing. Too. Oh, yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah we, we got, got it. it. All right. Uh, let, let's give him a call. Uh, right now, our Pat's timer is in Nashville, and he sent a couple questionable um, tweets last night. Uh, and we definitely want to ask him how his time was last night, and uh, if he's checked in under an assumed name. Uh, let's give him a call. Let's do it, GVP. Yeah, he's just finding the number right now. He's going to okay. dial it up here. All right, because I definitely want to hear if he's going to answer. The anticipation is killing. Oh, he me. can't find is Patty's number. Are we in delay right now? Yeah, we're in delay. Okay, just in case he drops an F-bomb at us. You got it. Here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you hear like it. We didn't have, I like how we didn't have his number like right there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Okay, here we go. Maddie, do you want to talk or do you want me to do it? I, I got it. Okay, go ahead. 
Sona Connect. Hi, Pat. Good morning. How are you? Maddie Rowe. Yeah, my pal. What's going on? How was your night yesterday? Oh, fuzzy, man. Fuzzy. Yeah, good. Okay, well, you're on the radio, so don't curse, but tell us about it. Yeah, I know you knew. Tell us a little bit about your night. How was it? Yeah. Good, man. It was good. I, uh... I, uh, we ended up at the, well, NHL awards, you, you kind of watch in a sequestered little media room. So you're kind of, you know, you don't really get the, the full NHL awards experience, but it, uh, it's still a, uh, it's still a good time. They, they had a little trouble finding the awards. So for a little while, the Avengers was on. Uh, Big Bang Theory was on, and I, so I'm not even, I'm not even messing with you. You, you would have been anybody be- last yeah. night. Like the the awards were twenty minutes in, and the TVs had Big Bang Theory and Avengers. I was like, can we can we watch the awards, please? Can we watch uh, the Avengers, please? Like, I mean, it was the first Avengers, so oh, it's a good one. Like we're it's an absolute banger. Um, so we uh, it took us a little while to uh, finally get the awards on, but yeah, it was. And then mm. Michael Michael won his award at about eight twenty Nashville time, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael wins the King Clancy. He has to go through all of the different media stops before he comes back to the area where we were, where he sits at a podium. We talked to him, um, spoke with spoke with Michael last night, and uh, he was. I, I gotta say, like he was, he was really emotional, and uh, it, we all saw him on stage and how much you could tell that meant to him uh, when he won the award. And then to see him last night, like that, that meant the world to him. I know there was a lot. There's, there's, I, I tweeted out that quote from him about mm-hmm. his future last night. And, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people, you know, who are talking about, well, what is he talking about? Basically what he said was, hey, you know, it's out of my hands. Um, and I've had chats with Craig Conroy. I've had chats with my agent, but it's not really up to me. Uh, what he said was, it's not up to me if I if I stay or leave or if I come back or not for next season. But a lot of people were like, "What do you mean it's not up to him?" But I think a lot just a lot got lost in translation last night, just because he was so flustered about winning the event, uh, winning the award, and he that that was what was on his mind. So I think he was a little. I think a little bit got lost when he gave that answer last night, but essentially what he meant was that it's not up to him whether he's back for next season in terms of it's not up to him if Craig and the Flames decide to trade him or not because he's got a year left on his contract. But that's that's essentially that's essentially what he meant. And then, yeah, NHL held an after party at uh, Tequila Cowboy. Uh, so mm. that, was, uh, that was fun. And Stanley Cup was there. Uh, which was pretty neat, mm-hmm. and um, well, then the, from there, the night got a little fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point did you decide to pick up your phone and tweet after having a couple libations? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, boy. So it was, it was. Uh, <laughs> this this I, would have I been one oh five a.m. Nashville time. So <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was looking at that one this morning, and I was like. Should I? Should I leave that one up? Like, yeah, you know what? Why not? What, I didn't say anything bad. It's just, it's, it's, I can leave that one up. What an idiot, though. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Like, and then I'm tweeting at people in capital letters. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. 
<laughs> the beast took over, man. It's good to see. Let your freak yeah. flag fly. Let's go. It's Nashville. It's the draft. Yeah. Tuesday's a yeah, day off, I'm essentially. Like, what do you guys even do I've, today? First time I've ever been here, and it's winning. I will, uh, like, Nashville's got two, and I've got zero so far. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I'm uh, I'm going to head down and uh, and uh, stake. Hold on a second. <laughs> What's Sorry, going? my alarm just went off. Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm to gonna head. I'm, well, no, I've been up for about an hour now, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna head down and stake out the Flames Hotel and uh, chat with Ta- Todd Button and see if we can't chat with whether it's Jerome or Craig Conroy or whoever. Uh, gonna start to see if we can't get a lay of the land on the Flames mm. and what they're up to. But yeah, yep, so far Nashville's winning. I'll uh, I'll give it that much. Uh, Pat, we got about uh, five minutes to go. Um, yeah. Are you aware of the text topic we have today? No, no, not not at all. I was at, when I okay. saw when I saw the number call today. I was like, okay, is there something something happening? Are we? So no, I, uh, I I'm barely aware that a radio so, station in Calgary exists right now. Yeah. Um, our our text topic. Uh, we're giving away VIP tickets to Cowboys Music Festival on Sunday, July yeah. 16th, featuring Ice Cube, Steve Aoki, and 24K Golden. Um, we're asking the listeners, uh, what's the assumed name Pat Steinberg would uh, check into his hotel with? Okay, what do we got so far? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to play some for you, and then you can kind of pick your favorite. Okay. Are you down with that? Yeah, I'm ready I'm ready to go. Are, are you going to send me an angry text after this segment or no? <laughs> no. No, I uh, I bring everything on myself, so I uh, okay. I can't can't, can't get mad at well, anybody is, but myself. This is kind of my idea, so I kind of feel responsible for it a little bit. Okay, but Maddie and Patrick are enablers, so I'm just going to throw them under well, the bus with Patty. Knew that. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. What do we got from Texty McTexterson, Patrick? Brad in Calgary, Uncle Rico. <laughs> okay. Right. Raleigh. Rico, it's- not bad. Raleigh in Okotoks, Rance Mullinix. <laughs> former Blue great, Jay, great. great former Blue Jay, one of my absolute great, favorites. Okay, great glasses. Hey. Oh yeah, and he made he made those powder blue jerseys more famous before anybody in the last ten years. I love it, uh, Rance Mullinix. All right, keep them rolling. Rick from Calgary, Mister Two Times. Mister Two Times. I don't know what that is. Mm. Okay, Kevin okay, in Calgary. Pat Steinberg hopped off the plane in Nashville, not in his head and move in his hips like, yeah, ready to party in the USA after checking in at the Econo Lodge under his assumed name. Hannah Montana. <laughs> I can get down with that one. Yeah. Who was that, the, sorry? That was Kevin. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Kevin. Glenn right, and Deer Kevin, Run. Uh, no ranch, okay. Pat. Oh, yeah. No. Zero ranch, and I still will not. I don't. I have yet to. Uh, I've yet to hit a hot chicken sandwich yet. But you know, no ranch, and there was ranch all over the place last night. I still won't touch the stuff. It is America's dressing, Pat. Ugh, just a vile substance that can. Yeah, yeah. Just disgusting. Okay. All right. Keep them rolling. Ward in Calgary, huge arms. <laughs> huge arms. <laughs> Look, it's. I brought. I brought as many. I brought as many uh, boys' medium T-shirts as I could. Look, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like people people like to show off here in Nashville. 
Boys of Medium. I like it spelled Hugh, H-U-G-H, Jarms. Jarms. Hugh Jarms, yeah, I like that. Yeah, Hugh Jarms. I like that one. Rio in Renfrew. P.P. Stangy. What was that? P.P. Stangy. P.P. Stangy? I don't know. That one's bad. That was bad. Next one. Tom in Innisfail, Stanley Little Legs. Yep. At the same time, you have to wear shorts here. Like there's no other, and so I can't. I cannot hide those twigs. That I just doesn't even doesn't even matter what you do. Those calves are never gonna. Although I've seen yeah. a couple people here who have uh, worse calves than me. Didn't know that that existed. So yeah, that one's mm. not bad. Um. What what what's what's uh, what's the tan on the legs like? Are you uh, have they seen the sun oh. lately or no? Like no, I. If you uh, if you put me up beside a beige wall, it would look like I'm uh, it would look like I'm cut off from the knees down. It's like you're wearing it's like you're wearing an invisible cloak. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, that guy. That, All right. apparently that guy's just floating. Okay, it's like you're wearing a green shirt in front of a green screen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like where? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? What's going on? He's a snow leopard. What's happening? Um, how many more we got, Patrick? I got five. Okay, like rapid fire. Let's go. Paul in West Hillhurst. Pat Steinway. The Piano King of Chicago. Get well, Ferris. <laughs> Pat Steinway. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stephen Millrise. Stat Pineberg. <laughs> Stat Pineberg. Okay. All right. Stat Pineberg. Noah yeah. from Water Valley. Patty Wagon. Yeah, Patty Wagon. I, 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 I like that. RB in Penhold. Pat checked in as Yoni Orgio. <laughs> yeah, that's a blast from the past. Yep, hundred percent. from Woodbine. That one could be. Pat checked yep. in as Randy Rough Knight. <laughs> Randy I've had a couple. Rough I've had a. I've had a couple Randys so far. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Again, I've said this before on this radio station. The names Randy and Rod are not a name; they're a lifestyle. No, absolutely, and I have been. Yeah. Uh, it's been Mr. Rough Knight has uh, lived up to his name the last two. Uh, which one did you like the best, Pat? Kevin? Oh, I, I think Rance Molnix might be the one that takes the cake. Whoa! That original, that's pick. about as original as it. Yeah, that one is really solid. I quite like that one. Uh, you want to replay that one, Patrick, for us? Yep. Raleigh in Okotoks, Rance Molnix. Yep, I think that's my. Okay, uh, Raleigh Noakes, congratulations, Raleigh. man himself, going to Ice Cube. Uh, Rance Mullenix, uh, great glasses, uh, great former Blue Jays third baseman, uh, great mustache, part of the Jays World Series winning championship teams. Uh, congratulations, uh, Raleigh Noakes, you've won uh, VIP tickets to Cowboys Music Festival on Sunday, July sixteenth. You can see Ice Cube, Steve Aoki, and twenty four K Golden. Um, but big thanks to our man Pat Steinberg, as we just cold called you. What you a have, hero. We have some insurance we'd like you to purchase as well, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Like just traveler's insurance, just to make sure. Yeah, that, just you in know. case. Hey, Pat, have yeah, you heard brave. of Bitcoin? I have a great, I could sell you some great Bitcoin. Yeah, probably probably not. I need to be See, a whole lot, uh, I got to be a whole lot more discerning with my decisions for the next 48 hours or so. <laughs> Pat, you and I are pretty much the same. You and I are of the same vintage. Um, Did you buy any travelers' checks on the way to Nashville? No, I. uh, I gotta say, I have. uh, Look, 
the NHL the NHL does open bars, so I was uh, I was <laughs> taking full me. advantage of that. Good night, for you. So I did not. No traveler's checks needed. <laughs> no, but it. he's bringing um, traveler bottles to take some home with him. <laughs> I like that. Okay, um, look, I'm not. I'm. I'm not destined. He's not an animal. Yeah, he's not an animal. Uh, Pat, thanks for jumping on this morning. Enjoy your day in Nashville, pal. Bye, boys. Flames talks at four today. Enjoy. <laughs> okay, we will. Um, thanks. There he goes. That feels uh, up Pat in the Steinberg. air. That feels really debatable. <laughs> Uh, great stuff from Pat Steinberg. Congratulations to Raleigh Nokotoks. He won the tickets. Uh, what do we got on Mucho Big Show, um, Patrick? Well, we got a going to replay that Sam Cosentino chat. It was good. We're going to get you warmed up for uh, the mock draft that's going to play at twelve o'clock uh, with that Maddie oh. did with uh, with Books and hey, Cosentino. Four air dates. None of the first round picks have been traded yet. That's so what I'm still hoping. I'm hoping up. we got you know two hours here to clear. Yeah. No trades, guys. Let's keep these picks locked yeah. in. Love it. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, check out the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcatcher. Uh, do that. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Maybe the Flames make a trade tonight. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you have a terrific day. You After too. the mock Patty draft, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, listen to the mock draft. Maddie did a terrific job of doing that, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.